Welcome to Classics Out Loud. The Blue Castle by L.M. Montgomery. Chapter 23. On one of Sissy's wakeful nights, she told Valancy her poor little story. They were sitting by the open window. Sissy could not get her breath lying down that night. An inglorious gibbous moon was hanging over the wooded hills, and in its spectral light, Sissy looked frail and lovely, and incredibly young, a child. It did not seem possible that she could have lived through all the passion and pain and shame of her story. He was stopping at the hotel across the lake. He used to come over in his canoe at night. We met in the pines down by the shore. He was a young college student. His father was a rich man in Toronto. Oh, Valancy, I didn't mean to be bad. I didn't indeed. But I loved him so. I love him yet. I'll always love him. And I don't know some things. I didn't understand. Then his father came and took him away. And after a little, I found out, oh, Valancy, I was so frightened. I didn't know what to do. I wrote him and he came. He, he said he would marry me, Valancy. And why? And why? Oh, Valancy, he didn't love me any more. I saw that at a glance. He, he was just offering to marry me because he thought he ought to, because he was sorry for me. He wasn't bad, but he was so young. And what was I that he should keep on loving me? Never mind making excuses for him, said Valancy a bit shortly. So you wouldn't marry him? I couldn't. Not when he didn't love me any more. Somehow, I can't explain, it seemed a worse thing to do than the other. He, he argued a little, but he went away. Do you think I did right, Valancy? Yes, I do. You did right, but he... Don't blame him, dear. Please don't. Let's not talk about him at all. There's no need. I wanted to tell you how it was. I didn't want you to think me bad. I never did think so. Yes, I felt that. Whenever you came. Oh, Valancy, what you've been to me. I can never tell you. But God will bless you for it. I know he will. With what measure ye meet. Sissy sobbed for a few minutes in Valancy's arms. Then she wiped her eyes. Well, that's almost all. I came home. I wasn't really so very unhappy. I suppose I should have been, but I wasn't. Father wasn't hard on me, and my baby was so sweet while he lived. I was even happy. I loved him so much, the dear little thing. He was so sweet, Valancy, with such lovely blue eyes, and little rings of pale gold hair like silk floss, and tiny dimpled hands. I used to bite his satin-smooth little face all over, softly so as not to hurt him, you know. I know, said Valancy, wincing. I know, a woman always knows, and dreams and he was all mine. Nobody else had any claim on him. When he died, oh, Valancy, I thought I must die too. I didn't see how anybody could endure such anguish and live. To see his dear little eyes and know that he would never open them again. To miss his warm little body nestled against mine at night and think of him sleeping alone and cold, his wee face under the hard frozen earth. It was so awful for the first year. After that, it was a little easier. One didn't keep thinking, this day last year, but I was so glad when I found out I was dying. 
Who could endure life if it were not for the hope of death? murmured Valancy softly. It was a course of quotation from some book of John Foster's. I'm glad I've told you about it, sighed Sissy. I wanted you to know. Sissy died a few nights after that. Roaring Abel was away. When Valancy saw the change that had come over Sissy's face, she wanted to telephone for the doctor. But Sissy wouldn't let her. Valancy, why should you? He can do nothing for me. I've known for several days that this was near. Let me die in peace, dear, just holding your hand. I'm so glad you're here. Tell father goodbye for me. He's always been as good to me as he knew how. And Barney? Somehow I think that Barney... But a spasm of coughing interrupted and exhausted her. She fell asleep when it was over, still holding to Valancy's hand. Valancy sat there in the silence. She was not frightened or even sorry. At sunrise, Sissy died. She opened her eyes and looked past Valancy at something, something that made her smile suddenly and happily. And smiling, she died. Valancy crossed Sissy's hands on her breast and went to the open window. In the eastern sky, amid the fires of sunrise, an old moon was hanging, as slender and lovely as a new moon. Valancy had never seen an old, old moon before. She watched it pale and fade, until it paled and faded out of sight in the living rose of day. A little pool in the barrens shone in the sunrise like a great golden lily. But the world suddenly seemed a colder place to Valancy. Again, nobody needed her. She was not in the least sorry that Cecilia was dead. She was only sorry for all her suffering in life. But nobody could ever hurt her again. Valancy had always thought death dreadful. But Sissy had died so quietly, so pleasantly. And at the very last, something had made up to her for everything. She was lying there now in her white sleep, looking like a child, beautiful, all the lines of shame and pain gone. Roaring Abel drove in, justifying his name. Valancy went down and told him. The shock sobered him at once. He slumped down on the seat of his buggy, his great head hanging. Sissy dead, Sissy dead, he said vacantly. I didn't think it would come, eh, come so soon. Dead. She used to come down the lane to meet me with a little white rose stuck in her hair. Sissy used to be a pretty little girl, and a good little girl. She always has been a good little girl, said Valancy. 